Hi, everybody. Hi. Welcome back to another episode of Breaking the Curtain. Yay. <laughs> October was a hell of a month. No pun intended. <laughs> well, pun intended. Well, yeah, okay. But totally pun was, intended. Most definitely. <laughs> it was genuinely such a crazy month for theater, for the podcast, for our personal lives. You know what? My cheeks literally exploded. Like when you put a frozen dinner in the microwave and forget to pull back the film. So it just keeps like expanding until it finally pops. Yeah, that was me two weeks ago in the middle of recording our episodes for the Bat Out of Hell interview series. Ew. <laughs> it's bad. Ew um, is right. But oh, speaking yeah. of our Bat Out of Hell the Musical interview series, Yee. how incredible was that? We had the, the absolute best time mm-hmm. chatting with Danny, Kelly, Sharon, Rob, Martha, Glenn, and Killian. They are so amazing and just had so many wonderful things to say about the show. Yeah, it was truly the best time with the best people. I mean, they're just so kind. And obviously, we don't know them besides being big fans of the show. But it felt like sitting there and chatting with some of your bestest friends. I mean, it was so cozy. You know, it really was kind of so great Um, in that sense. Like my favorite interviews are where it feels like you're meeting up with a pal for coffee yeah. kind of thing. And that really was just kind of like the vibe all of these interviews mm-hmm. had. Um. And when we were speaking with Killian, he was literally in a cafe having coffee in Glasgow. And I was like, okay, coffee in Glasgow this morning. Let's go. Um, But no, they were just the kind of interviews that like I literally could have talked all day to all of them. Uh, And that's kind of the best kind. It was such a treat. And we are so grateful to everybody who sat down to chat with us um, from the show to the people who uh, reached out and told us uh, that they liked the episodes. And of <laughs> course, to uh, Mel in Glasgow, Cookies by Mel, yes. Cookie Lady mm-hmm. Mel, who made a glorious little thank you gift for so uh, the people who joined us. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're absolutely gorgeous. You can follow her on Instagram. Uh, we actually, I think we have her tagged in a post somewhere. Rob if posted we don't, them. Yeah, Rob, Fow- Rob Fowler. <laughs> real, real Rob Fowler on Instagram <laughs> posted and tagged her so you can see her work. And yeah, if you're in Glasgow, out. definitely stop by. I know that for sure I will be going to support her again when I'm oh, for on sure. that side of the world. Oh, yeah. And you can go and listen to all of those episodes right now on any podcast streaming platform. We are all on there. (laughs) But you know what else was like super exciting? What? In October, we hit over 10,000 downloads. Ah, In fact, right now we are currently sitting around 11,200 downloads, which is (gasps) kind of the weirdest thing ever. Oh, it's it's totally insane. I don't know how we ever did that, but thank you all so very much. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. And you know, I said it on Instagram, so I'll say it here. You know, it's not just numbers of people who have listened, but, you know, I always think of it as, you know, by listening to one of our episodes, you're committing to spending 30 minutes to an hour of your time with us. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's pretty special that uh, people have decided to do that over 11,000 times. So thank you. Uh, We are truly humbled by you all and appreciate your support. Yeah, I had written a little something on my personal Facebook and it was during all this craziness with Eleanor in her emergency surgery. So I haven't been able to post it elsewhere, but um, it basically to sum to summarize that it just said like Joss and I had started this as a way to connect with each other 
constantly during the pandemic. Uh, well, the first days of the pandemic, it's still it's still going on. But, you know, we we get messages from people saying like, hey, thank you for talking about this show. No one else ever talks about it. And it's my favorite. And you covered it so well. And, you know, that's why we did this. It was a way to reach out with other theater fans. You know, Chrissy's entirely right in the sense that it really was a pandemic whim. We were like, hey, let's start a podcast. podcast. (laughs) And with my attention span, I really thought we'd be like maybe two episodes. But in October, (laughs) we did release our 50th episode. This is actually episode 51 you're listening to right now. Our interview with Killian Thomas Lefebvre was number 50, which is absolutely insane. Because if you consider that like each episode of ours is between 30 to 30 minutes to an hour and if you were to add them all up it would be over a day's worth of us talking which really makes that's me hate a myself a little bit I'm a little but bit worried about that's you all. absolutely <laughs> bananas because obviously you guys take the time to listen to it but yeah. to think of all the hours aside from just us talking mm. that goes into it and how yeah big of a part of our lives it's been mm-hmm. in the last year I think we've talked about this a lot but we do everything like everything you see it's us you know that's it's a lot of work and it's just been really really rewarding and we're really glad that y'all like it enough to listen over eleven thousand times to 50 episodes wow <laughs> so Joss this past month has kind of been like a Christmas in the theater world I mean we've had movies come out live filmed musicals, YouTube specials. Have you been able to catch any of them? Did you see any of these? Honestly, no. This month has been just a little while between like Thanksgiving and work and, you know, life. Um, So I have a lot of catching up to do in that sense. But November is going to be a big month for me, but we'll talk about that shortly. Yeah, so I I actually did catch a few of the releases and um I'll talk about them briefly on here trying not to give any spoilers. Yeah. Or such. <laughs> but yeah, I did. I took the leap of faith and I rented the Dear Van Hansen film. Uh, do you remember when films were like 3.99 to rent back in the day? <laughs> You know, we had like this little video store. It wasn't even a blockbuster. And like you just walk (laughs) in and like you bring home a video for like five bucks and you'd have it for a week. And now you have to spend like over 20 bucks to get it for like 48 hours. Like, come on, guys. Yeah, well, exactly that. So I paid $24.99 to watch the Dear Evan Hansen film on my couch with no popcorn, no slush. It was just me and Ben Platt on my TV. And that's adding to what you're already paying for, like, the subscription or whatever. You know what I mean? Well, I, I rented it just off my, like, TV. So, uh, pay-per-view, you know? Yeah, but you you probably pay for the TV plan to have oh, yeah, pay-per-view yeah, yeah, totally, and cable totally, channels. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you're already paying for cable, and then you're going to go pay movie theater prices. Right. Like, it's damn near highway robbery. That's what <laughs> that is, but... No, it is. <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah, um, yeah, I think it's called pay-per-view and that's what I rented it off of for $24.99. I'm still kind of bitter about it. But anyways, I did watch it and 
I didn't think it was as bad as people were going on about. I mean, people online were like outraged by the adaptation and I thought it was pretty great. I didn't mind it at all. I thought the acting was like fine for what it is. I'm not a big fan of Dear Van Hansen. I think, um, well, I think the story is clever in, in a sense, but I don't like the way it showcases mental health. And, and that's just it. I don't think mental health should be showcased, you know, and they really they do that with this one. It's yeah, no, I won't get into that today. I'm sure we'll do a Dear Van Hansen episode, but yeah, they really put mental health in like a really weird light and not in a good way. It's very glorified and I don't like that at all. But yeah, the storyline aside, I thought it was a good adaptation of the musical version. And I know a lot of people had their issues with Ben Platt doing the role uh, due to his age, but when watching it, I, I just, and you know, myself included, I, I did have my own thoughts when seeing like the trailer photos come out and I was like oh my gosh he really looks way too old but when you're watching it that's not at all what you're thinking about well at least I wasn't and I think that's because everyone else in the show sorry in the movie is older as well and, and they all just kind of look like they fit because they are older and that's the same for a lot of these high school based films and tv shows uh, glee for example or riverdale you know yeah like i feel like everybody who is like no he did he looks old he looks old like yeah he looks old he does but like that's hollywood baby have like look at tv look at even musicals and like the broadway cast of musicals nobody really looks their age so like when it comes to a movie musical yeah i'm gonna be more like relaxed about like a thing like age and people looking their age like I mean that seems like a petty thing to get upset about in the sense that like it's kind of the norm nobody actually looks 16 and that's probably a good thing I mean like I look back at photos of myself from when I was 16 and I'm like yep not TV ready. Thank God, right? <laughs> for that. Thank God that stage of my life is gone. I'm much cuter now. <laughs> But all in all, like, yeah, it was pretty good. It was a good adaptation. And I really enjoyed um, the, spoiler alert, the ending is different from the stage show. And I appreciate it that they actually gave a better, more sincere moment to the character that actually dies in the show, in the film. Sorry, I keep saying show. Oh, my God. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was a much better ending than the original one for the stage adaptation of Dear Evan Hansen. So yeah, go check it out. Go see it. If you have already, let us know what you thought. So another really cool thing that came out this past month was Diana filmed live on Broadway. And that was released on Netflix. Okay, I have not watched Diana yet, and I'm really excited to watch it because I've heard so many conflicting things. And Oh, there's this article that y'all should read. I can't remember who wrote it, but it was this critic who watched Diana and gave it a good review and everybody kind of like blasted her a little bit, but like then she wrote kind of a response to that and like there's been a lot of chat about it on the Twitterverse. If I find it, I will like share it. I'll like share the tweet on our Twitter or something because it was really interesting to read, but like. I'm excited. I think Gina Duvall is a brilliant actress. I'd really love to see Erin Davey as um, Camilla. 
because mm-hmm, she's brilliant. brilliant. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've heard a lot of mixed different things, but I'm really excited to watch the scene with the fuck you dress. Yeah. Well, I, I did see it. I watched it when it came out. Um, and that scene definitely sounds better in theory, like the majority of this musical. Uh, I'm not one for bashing shows. That's not what I'm trying to do here. It's just, you know, as a little girl, I grew up obsessed with Princess Diana and uh, have such a big interest in the royal family. I think that's all super interesting, like so many people. And this just did not do it for me. It was very, it was very weird. Um, when I turned it on, within like the first fifteen minutes, I was like, "Oh, I think I want to turn this off." So I did. I <laughs> I turned it off, and I returned to it a bit later, and it just it got worse as it went on and then it got a bit better and then it was like oh my god this is going really fast through her life up until uh when she passed away um spoiler alert there's not really much talk of that in the show which i think was totally the respectable and right decision to make i'm glad they didn't go that route um but yeah it just it was weird and i think the promo clip that they've been using the the scene with this is why or this is how your people dance or something like that i think if you if you're listening to this you totally know what i'm talking about but that is like totally the wrong scene to use to promote it because that might be the worst of it all (laughs) however the performances were incredible i mean they were all brilliant (laughs) it's just the the songwriting wasn't great and the script I don't know. I haven't I haven't I haven't seen it because I'm trying not to look into it because I just want to enjoy it. But like but I've, I want to hear the song about the fuck you dress because that's what that dress is. I can't wait. I love what's shocking and appalling. And yet that's not the most shocking or appalling part of it. <laughs> you know, I will say, though, there's this wonderful quick change. Uh, spoiler alert during Charles and Diana's wedding where she just seems to like step into the gown but like there's definitely someone already in that gown when she steps into it and I didn't notice any like blackout moment I I rewound the moment a lot (laughs) to try and figure it out I still can't so if you know I would love to know so let us know on uh on our Instagram or Twitter I was gonna say something else but I can't remember so we'll just move right along did you watch anything else this month no but you know what now would be the best time to announce some really exciting news in the theater world that's coming up for this month. <laughs> okay, so the first one I'm like totally stoked about. I received the press email and I totally lost my mind. <laughs> There's a pun I could make there. It was like totally fucked, <laughs> but <laughs> I believe it. Spring Awakening will reunite for one night only in a special concert event benefiting the Actors Fund on Monday, November 15th at 7 p.m. at the Imperial Theater in New York City. The concert will star original cast members Skylar Astin, Gerard Canonico, Lily Cooper, Jennifer Damiano, Christine Eastbrook, John Gallagher Jr., Gideon Glick, Jonathan Groff, Robert Hager, 
Brian Johnson, Leah Michelle, Lauren Pritchard, Krista Rodriguez, Steven Spinella, Phoebe Stroll, Johnny B. Wright, and Remy Zakin. And it'll be directed by original director Michael Mayer. I have so much that I want to say about this, but I will begin with saying that I don't think you can even get a ticket right now because I think they're sold well, out. Or... I can't get a ticket to it because I can't leave the country right <laughs> Same. now. But that's just the bitch of living, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but truly, they were like my heroes when this show came out. I mean, they were Broadway rock stars for so long, as long as the show was open and then even afterwards because... I know so many people just followed their careers, and they've all had incredible careers. I mean, they're just so talented, all of them. I will say, though, I don't think I really understood the show when it first came out. I really oh. hope you didn't fully understand any of it. Like, I don't think as a 24-year-old, I even fully understand it. But I think there are some things that I just didn't need to know that happened in Spring oh, Awakening. Same. same. But nonetheless, I mean, they were the coolest people to be fans of i mean they even had gap ads in times square which was just so cool gap ads. <laughs> but yeah joss i know you got into spring awakening when it had the deaf west broadway revival listen there's so many things like i love revivals and the deaf west production of spring awakening is arguably one of the best revivals there's ever been hands down that's how a revival should be handled and i'm not going to go on about it here because i'll be here forever but it was such a good revival to the point that for the tonys honestly it should have been entered in the running for best musical instead of best revival because of what they did with it and how they changed it um and it's such an amazing show and just what they did with that deaf west production was like ah, uh, like spring awakening was good anyway like, it's a good show. I, I, I'm not crazy about it, but I like it. But I loved what they did with the Deaf West version. And I'm so glad that that version got to come to Broadway. And something that is so inclusive and accessible got to be on, you know, those big stages. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's brilliant. And so I hope everybody enjoys the Spring Awakening concert. And we'll talk more about Spring Awakening in an exciting episode coming to you very soon. Very soon. Okay, so Joss, read the next one. I'm excited. Okay, <laughs> me too. So Waitress has found its next Jenna. So Jennifer Nettles will be leaving the diner on November 24th. And sliding into her runners is going to be Sierra Renee. Yeah! And I am so, so excited. Me too. I think she's brilliant. And I was so excited when she was in Frozen, <laughs> but she unfortunately didn't get a very long run because yeah. of the pandemic. So having her come to the diner is so exciting. I'm glad she's going to be putting on the apron. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really wish I could see her in that part. Mm. Uh, she's just, she's, she's going to kill it. She's going to kill it. It's that simple. So um, if you can go see it, go see it. And then tell us everything. <laughs> Okay, so this next one is like so crazy how it was announced. All right, so the film version of Wicked has found its leading ladies. Cynthia Erivo and Ariana Grande will play opposite each other as everyone's favorite witches, Elphaba and Glinda. And this news literally came out at like nine o'clock at night on like Thursday. It was crazy. It was the weirdest release of a press thing ever, especially considering what the press was, what it is. Like, 
That should be like a 9 a.m. Monday morning press release. I don't know what they were playing at, but yeah, it's like it wasn't even like morning in L.A. It was still it was pretty late there as well. It's just weird. Um, but yeah, so that was a shocker for everyone. Okay, my first thought is Cynthia and Erivo, Defying Gravity, No Good Deed, Everything. Like, I want it. Mm -hmm. I want it. I want it. I want it. She is, in the words of Ariana Grande, I want it. I got it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah, I'm super excited to hear her take on it, but I think I should preface all of this that I was really hoping with the Wicked movie, because this has been on and off for a million bajillion years, so I've had time to think about, to dreamcast, to imagine. We've been waiting for this Um, announcement for a million years I was really hoping it would be fresh new faces and then you could use like people who were bigger names in the roles like Dr. Dillamond and Fierro even Adam Morrible the wizard you know what I mean you could kind of move the cast around that way kind of like they did with the prom like um you had Ariana DeBose and uh Joellen Pellman uh or Ellen Joe Pillman. But you had the two main girls and like who are like a Broadway name and someone a little less known. But then in the adults, you had like James Corden, you had Nicole Kidman, you had Beth not Beth Level. Who was it? It was Meryl Streep. Right? So you have these bigger names that still do the draw, but you still have people who are young and fresh faced and theater trained who are doing this. And that's kind of the direction I was really hoping they would go for roles like Elspeth and Glinda, considering that like between the book and the Broadway show, like this is gonna sell. Like you don't need a super huge name for it to sell. I also need to add that like I really enjoy Ariana Grande. I think she's a brilliant songwriter. I love her pop music. I love her voice. I don't know how I feel about her in this role yet. I feel like I'll need to see her. Um, before I can make any judgment, but it definitely was not what I was expecting. It's not necessarily what I wanted. This is not um, what but I, I do want. know that she does have theater training and a theater background. Um, so hopefully, um, it'll come I through. Think that's what kind of rubs me the wrong way. Is that yes, she does have a theater background, uh, as so many do. Most Hollywood names started out doing musical theater or uh, stage performance to some degree. That being said, I mean, it only stays with you for so long if you don't keep working on that big Broadway sound or, you know, enunciating your words. Uh, I'm not a big fan of her work in pop music, but I did love her in Hairspray. However, I don't I don't know. She didn't enunciate in that either. So, you know, I think also when it's these big named celebrities, it opens that conversation of more controversy when it comes to casting. It's sort of kind of like the Ben Platt thing. I mean, he got really famous and it opened up that world of like, uh, why, you know? But then we've also seen with films like Hairspray that did really well with casting literally everyone in the show as a big known name. And then we have West Side Story with, like, Rachel, who is a newcomer, who is, like, beyond words, outworldly talented. And I just wish Wicked went in that same direction for this, for all the casting. You know, Wicked is a career maker. And whether the performer has been on Broadway before in something or 
they're fresh faced out of college or wherever. I think that was the route to go for this. And I think there's just so there's so much more potential for the casting in someone that we've never seen before on screen. I do trust John M. Chu, who is uh, helming it as the director. I, you know, I think he's absolutely fabulous. I loved what he did with In the Heights. And so I do trust him as he takes this story and takes uh, these two leading ladies through it. So I'm really hoping between uh, Chu and whoever is doing the music direction that, you know, we are going to get that theater-y sound instead of that poppy sound from her. So I think there's a lot of potential, but I understand when fans are a little concerned because I think what's so amazing about Glinda is like both of these roles are a hard sing like they're a hard sing but with Elphaba it's kind of you know it's she has her softer moments and she has her big belty moments but it's very different from Glinda who is singing contemporary MT then she's singing opera one second she has more different vocal stylings that she uses over the course of the show I feel and so I almost would have felt more comfortable had it been switched. Like you had more of a seasoned kind of Broadway voice in Glinda and more of a pop star in Elphaba. But you know what? I'm, I'm still excited. And there's, poten- there's potential. Um, I'm excited to see a trailer. I know the cinematography is going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. I think it's now going to be filmed in London, which is super cool. Uh, All this being said, I'm very, very hopeful for a Jordan Fisher Fierro moment in this film. So keeping all my fingers and toes crossed. (laughs) Anyways, we'll move right along. But yeah, looking forward to hearing more about this. Hopping over to the West End, Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cinderella is going to be getting a little bit of a revamp. And there's been a lot of discussion about this on the Twitterverse, which... You know, obviously we don't want to get into because we don't know what went down. We weren't there. Uh, But we are curious to see kind of what comes out of that and what those changes look like. Yeah, super curious about that. So although previously announced by a very overly excited Jocelyn, (laughs) the Tick Tick Boom film is actually being released this month on the 12th and not when we had originally reported that it was going to be out in, like, September or something. I was very, very sad. (laughs) I was like, Mom, we have to watch it tonight. It's out tonight. And we went to sit down to watch it, and it was not out. And to be fair, I was really sleep-deprived when we recorded our September episode. (sighs) Excuse me, I just burped. No, I was just, I was really excited. So, um, I went for it. But I'm wrong. Uh, it'll be out this month. You know, that's what you get for taking theater news from me i mean we usually actually we're really good at like fact checking we know what's going on i don't know i really don't know what happened in september um but anyway take everything we say with a grain of salt anyways this is super duper exciting for me the christmas spectacular starring the radio city rockets officially opened on november 5th this iconic production returns with favorites like snow parade of the wooden soldiers and the nativity with the rocket appearing in nine musical numbers total santa claus also returns with his I bag of goodies him. in one of new york city's most iconic venues yeah. guys 
bucket list thing for me. I need to see the Christmas Spectacular with the Radio City Rockettes. And to follow along, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade is set for November 26th. The televised special will have performances from the Broadway cast of Six, Moulin Rouge, and Wicket, plus NBC's upcoming Annie Live. The parade will be broadcast at 9 a.m. until noon on NBC. As you all know, the Macy's Day Parade is my favorite day of the year. It beats Halloween for me, which is saying so much. I am totally stoked. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we don't get the food after because we're Canadian. Yeah, because real Thanksgiving is in October. (laughs) The Americans do it so much bigger there, though. Like, the freaking parades. We don't get parades here. (laughs) Uh, You know, for me, the Macy's Day Parade just really tells me that it's Christmas, and I'm going to watch Miracle on 34th Street. I don't really watch the parade because I'm not getting up that early for that. Because <laughs> um, you don't get the channel. I also don't have cable, and I really couldn't give a rat's ass to search it up. Um, so uh, I really – it's all on YouTube after. I'm just going to watch it there it's anyways, the and then I can just watch what I want. I don't have to sit through the whole parade. Come you on, do. guys. Even though, like, it gets boring after the first 30 minutes or so, you have to sit and watch the entire thing with hot chocolate, donuts, whatever's in front of you, okay? Maybe someday we'll get a Sears parade or a Zeller's parade. Like I said, I could watch Miracle on 34th Street instead. If I wanted to see Santa, I'd go to the mall. Oh, that's so boring. No. Listen, I've worked at a mall multiple Christmases in a row. You can't talk to me about a mall-based parade thing. It's officially Christmas when Santa waves at the end of the Macy's Day Thanksgiving parade. That's when you know it's Christmas time, baby. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, in true Chrissy and Jocelyn fashion, we wanted to let you know that the Starbucks holiday drinks are out. We both had one this morning and it was truly delightful. My taste buds feel like it's December 25th. I'm ready to put up the tree. Jaws, I want to know, tell, tell our friends, what's your favorite Starbucks holiday drink? Oh, okay. I'm going to take this opportunity because my mom has a bone to pick with Starbucks because her favorite is the eggnog latte. Ooh, and right. we have a tradition where every, you know, when the holiday drinks come out, we make sure we get the first one together. Mm-hmm. And there's no more eggnog latte. No. Nope. Uh, so she's bummed. <laughs> but she did get the sugar cookie oat milk latte and she mm. thoroughly enjoyed that. Nice. And we got it with the snowman sugar cookies. So apparently it was a good pairing. Of course. I personally enjoy the peppermint mocha, but it has to be half sweet or my mm. stomach will literally eat itself. Oh, yeah. It works. It works. It works a lot better for your digestive system. But they now have a, a peppermint white chocolate mocha. So maybe I'll try that next time because I do like a white chocolate as well. So I think I'll try that as well. There's time before Christmas. You know what? There, <laughs> I'll tell this story. There was this guy I really liked. Um, <laughs> and he used to get the white chocolate mocha. That was his order. Um, so then I started trying it and then I got hooked on it. So I imagine that peppermint white chocolate mocha must be really flipping good. Also, I'm totally high maintenance with my coffee orders, but... 
I usually get the chestnut praline Your Starbucks ice orders latte are so with skim milk like, and um, no whip. Can I have a small? <laughs> it's delicious. You are high maintenance. I am. Anyways, these next few months will bring us to the end of our second season of Breaking the Curtain, which is so nuts. It oh my god. It's been a great season. It's it been has. a long season, like yeah. April to December. Mm-hmm. Uh so next we're going to try to keep our next ones a little shorter, but uh season 3 is going to start in January. Woo! So we are Working through the next few months, we've got some great content lined up that we're really excited to mm-hmm. share with you guys <laughs> and uh we're gonna just finish the year and finish season two. Crazy. Yeah. So November's lineup, we have some really exciting show history episodes, including one where we're joined by a very special guest. And that episode we actually recorded in September. Yeah. And we have not released it yet because then we got carried away with our October spooky season series. So yeah, we're gonna have it out this month and we're really excited for you all to see well hear it not see it it's a podcast chris (laughs) yeah so you can keep an eye out for those episodes wherever you like to listen to podcasts and uh hang out with us as we keep it stagey through the end of 2021 as always i'm chris i'm sorry i'm jocelyn and together we are together we are breaking the curtain Don't forget to stay safe, stay stagey, and we'll totally see you really soon. Bye! Bye!